1: Stretch run of Grant and Danny. We are on the fan all over D.C. and in Richmond, AM 910, FM 1051. wherever you listen on the Odyssey app. Thank you for making the show part of your day. If you don't have the Odyssey app, you should. Just download it. It's free. It's easy. You can tap the station, listen live, go to our show, use the chapters, pause, rewind. Really, really good way to listen, especially on big news days like today when you don't want to miss anything. We've had great guests. You just heard Brooks Reed in Byron's Update, former Falcons defensive end, talking about Dan Quinn. We also had Bill Barnwell of ESPN on the show. Logan Paulson's joining us who played for Dan Quinn in about 10 minutes. uh, Coming up right here on Grant and Danny. How do you think this is going to go? That's the question. Matt is in L.A. What's up, Matt?
0: Hey, guys. look, I'm looking
2: forward to it. uh, Dan Quinn has a hiring and I'm very optimistic where, where we're going. The Adam Peters and Josh Harris were transparent, and then uh, Gabe said they're going to do, do their due diligence on who the hire is going to be. And that, that, that's Commander
1: Quinn, um, and he was Commander. As, as he's, Quinn. Oh man, I'm not ready Commander for that. Commander Quinn is tough, buddy. I mean, it's early for Commander <sighs> Quinn, right? Oh gosh, okay,
2: I'm all right. Go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs>
1: And he, he, he showed in Atlanta.
2: He brought in a, an offensive mind in of college. And had, had great success. And uh, he let him do whatever you want to do with one shared vision, which has been preached from uh, Adam Adam Peters. So I'm excited for the future. Let's go, Commander Quinn. Appreciate it. Thank you. you, buddy.
1: Another Commander I'm Quinn. Just, I'm not ready He's for that. He's landing on thick, that guy.
2: I'm not ready for that. Wow. But listen,
1: listen, it's your fandom. You get excited. You want to be excited. He is fired up. Commander Quinn. How about it? Oof. Melvin in Centerville. What's good?
0: Hey, what's going on, Grand Danny? Love the show, man. Thank you, buddy. Just got to tell y'all, I'm I'm very optimistic. I'm not mad about it. I mean, everybody everybody deserves a second chance. And I'm going to use Pete Carroll as the example. I mean, he failed in New England
3: and everything. And then he goes to Seattle
0: and... We all know the
2: results. Yeah, there have been a few guys who have had great second acts. Andy Reid, great second act. Bill Belichick, uh, Pete Carroll, who you mentioned, Dick Vermeil. Uh, you can go back in history. There have been a number of guys that were better in their second stop. Mike Shanahan, Raiders to Broncos. So, but there's also dozens and dozens of guys that have failed in their second stop and had it be infinitely worse. There's it's no like talking
1: about six round quarterbacks yeah. and pointing out Tom Brady, right. right? I mean, way more often than not, it hasn't worked out. Certainly. Second stops can be very successful and Pete Carroll should be the model here in a lot of ways. Quinn and him are comparable I would say. They were, you know, he was in Seattle with Carroll. He mm-hmm. needs to find his Russell Wilson obviously. Uh coaching hirings. 2014 through 2022. 38 offensive coaches hired, 23 defensive coaches hired. Offensive coaches 52 playoff berths, defenses 19. Offensive coaches, nine conference titles. Defense is one. Offensive coaches, three Lombardis. Defensive coaches, zero. Let's go to TJ in Gainesville. Hello, TJ.
0: Hey, boys. Grand Dave. How are you doing on Dan Quinn hire day? Dan Quinn, die. So, so listen, real quick. um, Well, not really quick. You know, I I know Atlanta pretty well. I've been a fan since 1990 of this team. So, I know, watch the Quinn era really, really closely and uh, I think there's a, there's a there's a mindset that he's a defensive minded coach, and I get that. Obviously, he comes from the defensive side of the ball, but he really acts more of a CEO of the team than I think. Obviously, he spent a lot of time in the defensive unit. He's going to have you know his say on the defense, but you know you don't find the, the savants of play calling like Mike McDaniel and Kyle LaFleur and um, Kyle Shanahan, et cetera. They're not just growing on trees, uh, you know, out there. Other than the years that they were with. The, the former Redskins.
1: No, they're just calling plays in so, Detroit you know, and Houston. Yeah. You got to interview those guys and then hire them.
0: You got to do, do stuff yeah, like talk to them. And I realized, like, Dan was plan B. is like get, like, the mindset of everybody in the area. Like, hey, we didn't get the guy we truly wanted. We kind of got left at the altar. This is not who we wanted. But I can tell you that, like, Dan is a culture guy. He, while he has some mottos, you know, fast and physical, and all about the ball. And, yeah, and that's the ball so gap, much of that. No yeah. breaks. Yeah. Yeah, the oh, brotherhood—it's a lot of that, and I wonder whether or not it's in his press <laughs> conference, his are you are you actually
1: are you making these up? or Are these his real sayings? No, this is dead on, Grant.
0: This is one hundred percent, every single <laughs> oh, one of man. them. Man, the old uh, gas no breaks finish, one
1: is—ooh, really, that's tough.
0: Yeah, finish was another one. I I love the—it's all about the finish, and then he didn't even finish the year. We went, you know. 0 5 to start the I think year. I can't, Yeah, yeah <laughs> He
2: was finished. Thank you.
1: Uh, appreciate he, you. He dude. is first team. And I, I actually am not a, against that. Now, I'm, I think of this more along the lines of like high school, but if I coached high school sports or something, we would all wear a t shirt with the motto and I would be all in on that. Uh, I, I like when Joe Madden puts something on the wall. Like that isn't the issue, but it is very um, like football cowboy stuff. Like yeah. you just wear like a low man wind shirt, you know?
2: Oof. Here's, we're all the sum of our experiences in a lot of ways, right? We've been influenced. You've heard a number of people today reference the fact that a former Dallas Cowboys assistant is coming here. Totally irrelevant. North Turner was hired in a different era of football to be, the, to be a coach here. But still, we're all scarred from things that happened to us. So there's a lot of us who were so unbelievably upset, basically for three years and nine months of the Rivera era, when b- befuddling decisions began. You're going, what is happening? Why is this? What are we doing? And every answer was axiom party and, and long saying party and maps where you haven't been before and where your feet are. And my thing about it is more so than anything else, we're going to have a competition and you didn't have one. All the things that happened under him. If you get another guy that's doing those kinds of catchphrases, when things are happening, that aren't great, like we're going to jump to a quicker reaction. I think that a lot of people might expect.
1: Let's go to Lou in the district on G and D. What's up, Lou
2: G and D. Hey, buddy. going
0: on guys? Hey dude. Um, Hey man, I love it, man. I'm gonna go home and sleep tonight like a baby.
1: You want any more? Yeah. That was succinct. Huh? You've been waiting no, a while. No you respect. can get a little more out than that, right? No, come on, man. Hey, hey,
3: hey, hey, Grant, you put too much on Ben, man. Just relax. Let let this guy come in. Let's get behind him, and you know, hopefully he'll he'll get you a nice quarterback, and uh, you know, they could put up 30 points. I think that's what you want. And I think defense in the league. So if you have a good defense, which. Lou, you I haven't think, been listening
1: yeah. very much, huh? You, don't let, you, you haven't been listening to all the numbers I've been giving you. Defense does not win in the league. That is the issue. Offense wins in the league. Dan Quinn can work here. No doubt. He could be a great coach. If the offense is great. And if the offensive staff is great. That's what has to happen. If they're going to win football games. Let's talk to someone who played for Dan Quinn. Logan Paulson. Who is Low-key. one of our good buddies. Bounced. Uh, Not only from Washington and Atlanta and San Francisco, uh, he was in Chicago. He's played for a lot of head coaches. And he said on this show last week that Dan Quinn made football more fun than any coach that he ever played for. So, Logan, Dan Quinn is the guy.
3: Uh, I don't know. How should I start the question?
1: Um, uh, Make me feel better.
3: Yeah, so I mean, I think, you know, obviously you seem, at least from what I've heard, that you're like a big Ben Johnson guy. And, I, you know, I think I was excited about Ben Johnson also. And this is not to detract from Ben Johnson anyway, but he's a guy that wasn't ready for this position. Like, he, like that's why like his decision to go back to Detroit kind of indicates as such, right? I also think it's important to note that just because you get a good coordinator in the building does not mean you will have a good head coach. And I think Brandon Staley, the head coach for the, you know, the L.A. Chargers is a perfect example of that. He's a guy that started his coaching career, his head coaching career at a relatively young age, didn't quite have the staff in place required to kind of, I think, make that leap and make that organization better. So one of the things I look at with Dan Quinn is, one, you're going to have a guy who understands the position. He's done it before. Two, he's a guy that understands culture at the highest level. Again, coming from that Seattle tree, that Pete Carroll tree, a guy that understands the energy required to come to work every day and why it's so important to play with that kind of energy and practice with that kind of energy. And three, his coaching tree is diverse and eclectic. And his connection with Kyle Shanahan, Adam Peters' connection with Kyle Shanahan, I think makes me believe that they will be able to find this offensive coach and fill out that offensive coaching position. And I think the other thing that I look to is, like, when he started his career in Atlanta, he made one of the best offensive coaching hires maybe of all time in Kyle Shanahan from Cleveland. So he understands the importance of that position. He understands the importance of those hires. And I think that's why, to me, I feel like this is an excellent hire. I think he's the guy that – is built the right way for it, understands the importance of it, understands the relationship with players, has had made good hires in his past. And, again, as much as we exce- we were excited about Ben Johnson, uh, he's not done all those things. And so I think when you're checking boxes in terms of resume, In fairness, he hasn't been like-
1: a head coach. He also, you know, didn't go 24 and 29 in his last three and a half years as a head coach, right? So, like, the good and the bad. He has not
3: done so, the good so things me, that me, Dan Quinn did. Go ahead, let, me just re- let me just rebuttal to that. And, I think, and again, I understand that's a point that people are going to be bringing up all the time. And one of the things I look at with that situation specifically is I think, you know, I've had conversations, I told you guys on the show last week, where I think Dan has learned from that situation. I, I don't think, I think we understand now, you know, having seen, having been through the Ron Rivera era, having seen other coaches around the NFL, we understand the importance of the offensive staff. And I know for a fact Dan understands the same thing. And so when that's going on, I see a guy with that kind of self-awareness, at least we have a shot. At least we have a shot to kind of make good decisions and put ourselves in the best position to be successful. And couple that with Adam Peters, I think, again, these are, these are reasons to be excited, I believe, about this position and about this hire. And, again, it's about the relationship between those two men. And I think those guys, again, having worked with Adam Peters, knowing Adam Peters a little bit, having worked with Dan Quinn, like that relationship's going to be airtight. And I look at the same relationship when I was in San Francisco between Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, and that is so, so critical. And I think this has the potential to be that way. Obviously, there's a lot of things that need to happen, coaching hires, talent evaluation, all those things. But in terms of finding people that I think can get it done, I feel pretty good about both of these hires.
2: So, uh, Logan, Greg cares less about this, but I don't want to speak for him. But this is where I'm at. The how matters to me so much here. And, and here's what I mean. I'll try to be very quick. If they'd had the steamies for him from the beginning and weren't waiting around for McDonald and Glenn and Johnson and and, and everybody else, and they'd just been so urgently trying to book him for second interviews for fear that some, of the other, some other team, all seven of them, had hired other guys to snap him. They, they, they were worried that he was going to get snapped up. It seems very consolation prize to me. And that's the part that I can't get over. That's why it's hard for me to be excited. I, I'd love your thoughts.
3: I mean, I think you're making an assumption there about how they feel about Dan Quinn. I think if, if a team had shown interest and there was an opportunity for another team to hire him, I bet you they would have jumped on that second interview a little bit more quickly. I just think they're being comprehensive. If I'm making one of the biggest decisions in the franchise's history, hopefully for the next 20 years, I want to make sure I'm doing a comprehensive job of that. So I want to make sure I get those guys interviewed. I want to understand what makes Mike uh, McDonald such a good defensive coordinator, his vision. Maybe he, maybe he wows me with the interview. I don't know. I want to get Ben Johnson for the second review. Maybe he wows me with that interview. I don't know. I want to get those mm-hmm. taken care of. But that doesn't mean that they, have, they felt any differently about Dan Quinn. I think there's this narrative going around that, you know, Ben Johnson was emphatically, definitively, definitively the number one guy. And from what I understand, that's just not true. I think it was a little bit closer in this situation than it was with the Adam Peters thing. So, again, like, we're not privy to those interviews. We're not privy to that process. But do you think but, you Dan
1: know, Quinn was their number one choice?
3: I, I think this is what I think. I think when you're hiring a head coach – what I think is that it's not so much about – it's about the relationships, right? So when I come in that meeting and I have an opportunity to talk, and I got to talk to Adam Peters today. He gave an interview uh, with uh, the command center, which I think will be out next week. Sometime he said this, this was their guy. They're excited about him, and I'm excited about him too. And so I think it's, it's levels, right? It's the same thing with the draft, right? Everyone says, you know, they put guys 1 to 100, right? But that's really not how the draft works. There's tiers. There's levels to this thing, and there's certain guys that fall in certain tiers – And I honestly believe after talking with people that are familiar with the situation, that they were all, that that there was not a definitive one and two tier with these coaches. It was more, it was more closely aligned than people want to give it credit for. And so that's why I think, you know, I don't think there was a definitive number one. I think they wanted to go through the interview process like you would with any, any coaching hire, any employment hire. I think they just did their due diligence and this is how it came out. And I think that this is, this is the appropriate hire for this position. And I, I think people who say, Oh, this is their last choice or this wasn't their first choice. I think just don't understand, I believe, the, the process that was gone through and how comprehensive it was.
1: I think that that could be fair. I, As someone who's on the other side of it, I guess maybe we're meeting in the middle. I think they wanted Ben Johnson the most throughout the process. Well, whether that makes him the favorite, I'm not saying it was always him. I think their preference was Ben Johnson and it didn't work out, and they had other good options that they liked. You don't interview people because you're not interested. I think they probably would have been thrilled all along with Dan Quinn. They liked the guy. That's why they sat down with him. That's why he was a serious candidate. I think if if Ben Johnson wanted to be here, he probably would be here. But that's my opinion. Uh, Yeah,
3: I'm not going to push back on that. I think that's probably true. But, again, like Ben Johnson made a decision to go back to Detroit. Agreed. Obviously kind of indicating to me, that he's not ready for the position, or that he feels he's not ready for the Sounds position. To do Sounds totally. Else.
1: And for the record, so, I, like, like I'm a Ben Johnson guy. I'm not hiding from that. But it, it, it was I. I don't care about Ben Johnson. Like it's not like I wear a Ben Johnson jersey to bed. I wanted the best offensive play caller and the best offensive mind. I hire offensive coaches. Like that's my preference. That's why I'm yeah. upset. At the same time, I'm not sitting here saying this is a terrible hire. You got a very qualified person that everybody loves. Like I guarantee walking around Mobile right now, Adam Peters is getting high fives from every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the league because they all love Dan Quinn. I get that they got a popular guy. Players love him. NFL people love him. That's going to help with building a staff that's going to help with recruiting. My thing is they're picking a quarterback at number two. What I care most about is the offensive staff and that quarterback. That's more important to me than Dan Quinn. So where do they go from here, do you think?
3: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think, you know, I, I totally agree. I think that if this is the direction you're going to go with Dan Quinn, well, again, I think it's a very popular hire. I think players are going to love him. I think all of those things you just said are true. But now the, the, the next step of the process is coming out. And I think people say, oh, this wouldn't happen if Ben Johnson was here. But I think a similar process has happened even if Ben Ben Johnson is here in the O.C. and calling plays. place. You've got to make sure the staff is in place. You've got to make sure these hires are absolutely excellent. Because I think that's the thing that people, again, I go back to the Brandon Staley example. Everyone talked about how brilliant he was. He just didn't have the, coach, the, the coaching tree to get the coaches underneath him that, he, that needed to be there, to get his system in place and to execute the way he wanted it executed. So, obviously, I think those are the next steps that are going to be so, so, so important. Again, like I said, I have a lot of confidence that because of the relationship with Kyle Shanahan, because of Adam's relationship, because of Dan's relationship, because of the kind of prolific nature of that tree, because of Kyle's uh, ability to identify good offensive coaching talent. I think that gives me, gives, gives me confidence that they'll be able to get somebody that they feel really, really confident about in terms of a guy that can develop a young quarterback. Remember Bobby Sloak just came out of that tree last year. I think there's an opportunity for something similar to happen here and we'll see, you know, what? we'll see. But I do think that that like a
1: clink Kubiak.
3: Yeah. Clint Kubiak. Again, I don't, this is this is where you got to like really do your homework on and I'm not going to say that I know these guys very well, but those younger coaches on that staff, the Greasys maybe those are the guys. Like, can we pull them from? Uh, can we pull them from San Francisco? And Logie, and I want to pull
1: a couple of them because Clint Kubiak's getting the head coaching job if Drake Mayballs out next year or the year after. So I need a pipeline. I need a quarterback coach. That's going to be him. my question. Yeah, yeah, that that has yeah. to. You know, if you get cool, that's great. Bring Clay Kubiak too.
3: Yeah, no, and I think um, one of the things that I would just point to also is I, this is, this is going to be a multi-year process, and a multi-year evaluation in terms of how they put this coaching staff together. Because I look at, you know, I talked to somebody today about Kyle and what makes him so special. He says not only does he identify talent really well, but he develops talent. And I think, again, having talked with Dan briefly over the course of my time since retiring, I think he understands the importance of that now more than ever. So, again, is he going to be excellent at it? Is he going to be able to execute it? I can't speak to that, but at least I like the guy who understands how important that is in terms of the process and and in terms of saying, like you said, you know, if there's an opportunity where the quarterback does really what he moves on right away, I've got someone in place. I've got someone that I trust. I've got someone that I've developed under that offensive scheme that can just come right in and take over and be an excellent offensive coach. So that's kind of the way I look at that. And again, I prefer somebody who knows that's an issue, as, a, as opposed to somebody who doesn't.
2: Okay, Logan Paulson with us here on G and D. So, just in your estimation, because you, you've obviously, you're obviously in, in Quinn's corner, you know the guy who played for him, et cetera. In your mind, what's the lesson learned from the last ending post Super Bowl, where they were seven to nine a couple times, then go on five, where then he get he gets blown out, recovery, go to Dallas, put up great numbers as a defensive coordinator. What's the lesson learned so that something like that doesn't happen this go around? Like, why will he be more successful here than he was then?
3: Well, I, I really believe that you know smart people learn more from their failures than they learn from their successes, and I think you can't mature as a coach and mature as a person without that failure. Like I'm not sure he understands the importance or how critical having an elite coordinator is if he doesn't have the slip up he does in Atlanta. if he doesn't have that kind of two or three year slide in Atlanta. Because you know I remember, again, like I said, I conversation where that was like at the forefront of conversation. I think he also understands how to motivate and how to discipline players while still maintaining those excellent relationships. And, again, that comes and that stems from the failure because I understand he's the guy that has that growth mindset. So, again, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's the, the best candidate of, of all time in the history of the NFL, but I do think he is a good man who understands his weaknesses and is willing to grow. And that's someone that I want to bet on, especially with a guy like Adam Peters in the building who's got such a, a, a prolific history of evaluating talent at a high level. So. I think that's where I, I would say, like, that's why I'm confident that it's not going to be a repeat, repeat act of what happened in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. So, and this is, we can end on a happy note. I know you're at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Logie. Uh, so I don't want to keep you too long, but I'll come rather than kind of presenting uh, my side of it. Uh, coming back to the way the team's viewing this, obviously with a bright defensive mind, who's a respected leader. You know, uh, to me, I guess the way I'll view it is, I think he's very Ron Rivera y you know, they just kinda went and got the the reach, you know, the defensive uh NFC South, leader of men, culture builder, got to the Super Bowl with an M V P quarterback one time, like exact same, you know, his favorite saying is Be where my feet so, are.
3: So I, I think that again, I, I there there are similarities in terms of their resume. But I think if you were to again, like I've I've got a very unique perspective in having played for him and having dealt with Ron pretty extensively and there's something very dynamic about his personality that I think just is very hard to articulate, having not been in the same room with him. And I think he gets guys to play hard. He gets guys motivated. He's always trying to find improvement. And again, those, those are things that um, I feel like differentiate him slightly from what, what Ron Rivera was doing here, especially the last couple of years of his tenure here.
1: Totally get that. But I guess what my question was going to be is, even though like those are some of the things that are that I don't love, here's what I like. I think Ron Rivera, like, let's say they're the exact same guy. I think Ron Rivera in a structure where Adam Peters was the GM and the Harris ownership group were the owners, I think Ron Rivera would have had a lot more success. Like, he wasn't a terrible head coach. He was an okay head coach. And if I think Dan Quinn's an okay head coach, my point is Dan Quinn with Adam Peters, if he's as special as I think he is, and I think he's damn special. And with this ownership group, not Dan, I think Dan, Still, there's a reason to be hopeful. Like, the floor is fairly high. It's not going to be a disaster. He is a leader. Players are going to like him. You're going to have a decent defense. Uh, We'll figure out the offensive part, hopefully, with the savant coming in here. You'll hit on the quarterback. And if they hit on the quarterback, nothing matters because they're going to be fine. But I I guess that's where I'm at is, even with Ron, if you had Peters and he was picking winners, they would have been competing and in the playoffs more often than not.
3: Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. And I think that's something that I keep coming back to too. And I said, I think I said that a couple of times in this conversation, just how important that relationship is going to be having that structure where there is a definitive GM and there's a guy that is making those decisions, finding those talented pieces, filling out the coach's vision. I think is going to be incredibly important because like Ron had a ton of responsibility in that regard. And I think it made it very challenging for him to make some of these personnel decisions. Now you have someone Who's very talented at that? He's got a history of being talented at that, making decisions that again are going to supplement supplement Dan Qu- Dan Quinn in this, uh, and this and his and his team here. So
2: Logan, you're the best, buddy. Always appreciate it, especially on short notice, dude. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate Enjoy it. Mobile. Go eat at the Brick Pit. Go get yourself some. Well, barbecue. there's food there. He doesn't do that. You've earned it. I go. Ch- I go check it out. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate All right, you. ribs. I want ribs. I want chicken. I want. Uh... All the good stuff.
2: He's going to like one eucalyptus leaf and some bone broth. You know I actually him.
1: wonder when he's on the road, like, what does he do? Because he's so structured at home and yep. he eats everything and it's prepared just so. And he,
2: Seasonless boiled chicken he's breast. He's the guy
1: that's always bringing Tupperware with like broccoli and grilled chicken breast. Mm-hmm. What is he doing for a week in Mobile when he's watching practices and talking to teams? And they stuff? do it
2: a little different down there. You know what I mean? They're, 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 it's a lot of lard, a lot of butter. But do
1: you, how does he eat at a restaurant?
2: I don't know that he does. I think he goes and watches other people
1: eat and has his own Tupperware. I miss the Senior Bowl so much. What a great week that is. What a great event that is. It's nothing but, like, agents and coaches and front office people, like, sitting in the stands. You can just go up and watch practice and make conversation with them. And then you just go eat a bunch of barbecue all night long. You go to bars. NFL coaches are everywhere. It's a really cool spot. Uh, Mobile, Alabama. The uh, What's the college? It's Lad Peebles Stadium. Maybe South Alabama, I think, is where that is. Pretty I think cool. you're 100% right about that. Yeah, pretty sweet deal. The game's this weekend, I suppose. Logan's there covering everything. Uh, we'll give away Wizards tickets in just a moment at the end of this segment before we say goodbye. But, Danny, let's put a bow on the conversation here. Uh, your thoughts, Dan Quinn, Commanders. The, the
2: What comes next is essential. It would have been regardless of who the hire was, honestly, whether it was you know McDonald or Weaver or Glenn or, or whomever, or a guy that haven't, we haven't even thought of yet. The next phase is is critically important. Not to diminish the head coaching hire, but there's a, you're at a crossroads here. The number two pick, the rest of the staff, what Adam Peters does in terms of uh, you know retaining, moving on from, bringing in people that are you know all pulling the rope in the same direction, et cetera. So it feels like it's the biggest story, one way or the other, regardless of how you feel. But there's plenty more that's going to help determine his success and or failure. Honestly, it's just hard for me to feel inspired after the process. I can't escape that, but it doesn't necessarily dictate anything about how he's going
1: to do here. I'm not even sure which order, but GM and quarterback to me are the two most important finds, you know, hires of this off season, so to speak. And I think they were one for one with GM. They struck gold. They've got the number two pick and they're going to take a quarterback. Probably it's going to be Daniels or it's going to be may and that decision. And that quarterback will probably determine the arc here and how quickly they get better and how much better they get. But those were to me, the two distinctly most important things as I look at it, head coach is probably third, but hopefully he's a great partner for Peters. They work really well together. And I I, I'm so tired of the word culture and I'm so tired of the word leadership. Like to me, win me football games and then you have a culture. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's a great leader. I don't think, um, you know, anyone thought Mike McDaniel would, would be give a great speech. Players follow those guys because they just draw up plays to get dudes open. But uh I think that players will like Dan Quinn, and that's a good thing. Mm. Not in a way where, you know, they they give him a purple nurple. You know, I mean? like <laughs> yes, right. I think players are going to want to play for this guy, and I think that is a really good thing. Uh all right. Overtime is next. Keep it right here, live and local into the evening. Uh let's give away some wizards tickets right now on Grant and Danny. If you are caller number ten. At 800-636-1067, congrats. You're going to the game in nine days on Saturday the 10th against Philly as part of Black History Month presented by Stackwell Capital. Wiz are going to celebrate HBCU and D9 night. First 10,000 fans in attendance are getting a bobblehead of tennis star Francis Tiafo Maryland native, second in their inaugural DMV bobblehead series. The show's been brought to you today by the law firm of Condorian Murad. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax based attorneys. Visit KMLawyers.com. Mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's KMLawyers.com. Overtime's next.
0: Thank you for coming.